Welcome to Let's Talk Death, conversations to inform and inspire. Let's Talk Death is being brought to you by Heal Grief, a nonprofit providing the tools and resources to support one's journey with grief. We seek to empower individuals to achieve a healthy post-bereavement growth. Everything we do is inspired by our core belief that no one should ever grieve alone. Let's Talk Death is a series of conversations with some amazing people from various fields. Our goal through these conversations is to normalize, educate, and demystify the taboo around death, dying, and the journey of grief. Hello, welcome to this episode of Let's Talk Death. I'm Fran Solomon. And I'm Andy McNeil. And we're thrilled to be your host for these conversations. Our guest today is Alexandra Vasilaros. Alexandra is a Pulitzer finalist, playwright, mother, and founder. Alexandra's work in the theater is extensive. Her plays were commissioned and premiered at American theaters on and off Broadway, as well as in featured international festivals. She was the winner of a Jefferson Award for Best New Play at Steppenwolf Theater Company and was a co-finalist for the Pulitzer Prize for Drama for the play Omnium Gatherum. In addition, she's been a guest artist at premier theater institutions such as Juilliard and New York University. In 2016, one year after the passing of her husband of 23 years, Alexandra pivoted from writing for the theater and founded the Make Meaning Workshop. Alexandra continues to develop her work with hundreds of women, men, and young adults facing the challenges that loss, crisis, and change inevitably bring. She is the mother of three wonderful young men, Alexandra, we are delighted to have you as a guest on our show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Alexandra, before we speak about your work, may I first take you back to 2015 and ask you to share your experience. What was it like for you, a mother of three young boys and newly widowed? I think the first word that comes to mind is stunned. I felt stunned. I felt wordless as a writer it's it's sort of odd and yet refreshing um, but disorienting to suddenly have no words to explain the depth of disorientation that i was feeling i felt obviously terrified that my life had changed so radically that i wouldn't ever recognize uh myself or my I, my identity was so interrupted. Um, our identity as a family was was interrupted. Was uh, obviously going to be violently changed, and I would say that I wondered a lot. I just wondered. How will I be okay? How will they be okay? How will I take care of the kids? How will my I energetically replace or uh, make up for the loss of my husband for my family? So I was stunned. Every question I, I had was streaming through my thinking all the time. You you reminded me when you do the way you describe grief. I've heard so many people describe it that way, and particularly you being a writer. To hear you say that that lack of words. I've heard it so often. Uh, the way I put it sometimes is I'll say that grief lack, it lacks a language mm -hmm. that that's part of the struggle is it's how do we really, how do, what words do we have 
in our current language that truly capture what that experience is for people. And it's, it's just so personal. And I think it's hard to do for anyone. Well, I like what you said also, because it reminds me that grief and love are exactly like um, the inside and outside of a cup. You know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't feel that much grief if you didn't also know that much love. Mm-hmm. I found that that became a ballast for me, that grief was evidence of love. And so mm-hmm. love has a powerful healing element to me. Even just saying the word love gives yeah. me some some balance and knowing that that those two things can exist simultaneously. I don't have to be captured in grief. I could be known in grief and love. Mm-hmm. And that that grief was testimony to the depth of our shared love of my husband and my kid's father. And as a friend, he was um, so prominent in so many people's lives. So so that was already in the beginning a way for me to orient home Hmm. you know wherever home is but home held known experienced brightening love Hmm. and that helped me know grief better because it has uh two sides at least we often say the deeper the love the deeper the grief you know and when people ask when am i going to get over this my, my question back is usually, why would you want to? Why would you want to take away the depth of love that you hold so closely in your heart and mind for someone? Yes, it's painful that they're not here in physical presence, but why, why would you want to give that up? I, I guess the first thing that that's so true, and it's important to remember um, that grief and love for me are so bound together. And that's the mercy of it, right? Because what's more important in a life, you know, than to know that much love? What's what's a greater uh, gift? And so I, I would be peripherally aware as I was so struck by loss, just the absence of that person that day, you know, and the absence of the the routines of our lives, the things that you could just uh, uh, expect in a day, those were obviously interrupted, radically changed. I mean, the positive in a way was that his illness was long. And the last six to um, a year of his life, we knew that this was likely not going to, well, it was going to end uh, by him dying. I, I almost said it wasn't going to end well. That's not true. His death was quite beautiful. So I interrupted myself um, because it was so surrounded by so much potent um, felt and expressed love. So that was one thing. We can get back to that. But the the two uh, experiences of immediate loss and then kind of overarching awareness of the gift that we've lived. Yeah. So I am I am curious with your with your children, you mentioned, you know, and it is a struggle that many of our viewers probably have as well. And it's it's well, what now? How do there's this energy that was this person? You know, they weren't just a right. They they were certainly a physical presence, but they're this this energy. And to use your term, an energy of this this love that they they gave or attention or time or personality, everything that they really a person brings to the world. How do now what? How how can I be both of those things? How 
what what does that look like for my children? And I'm curious what if you'd share maybe a little bit about what that experience was with you and your and your children. Well, I used to say that my husband felt like the back of my chair and I would lean back and there he was there. It, it was how he sort of held um, in grace the, the potency of our family. And there he was. Lean back. There he is. Okay. Then, then it's sort of like, okay, I'm now sitting on a stool without the comfort of this sturdy back. And he was a sturdy guy. I mean, he was a guy's guy, a man's man. He had great male friends. He was a pilot. He was a sailor. He was in the Green Beret. He, he, he was, he was just, and he was a huge hearted Greek American man. And a great father, like I can imagine then when they woke up, you know, from their from the birth experience and they were in the world, they were like, great choice, guys. Great guy. Great mom. I mean, I hope they would say that. But but there was such a unit of of real joy and relief because we found each other and it was a good it was a good coming together. And then we had these three children. So what was it like? I'm sure it was extremely disorienting for them. My oldest was 19. My next was, uh, was he 19? Was he, Oh, no, my oldest was 20. My next was 18. And the other one was 15. Three boys. Now, so, so suddenly that absence is deeply felt. And I have to say that I think that each of them struggled in their own way and one of and and definitely you know even more than that you know uh, i think there was a kind of roaming kind of sense of energetic loss of dad and it was big and i don't i think that the i don't underestimate that though they didn't have language especially as young people they didn't have language for what that absence what that kind of felt like and we all know when we go through grief we kind of the weather of grief is so profound and that weather comes and when that that weather starts to come in you know in the beginning especially it's sort of an unknown kind of storm is approaching and and the best thing i could do literally was hold on to my chair you know hold on to that stool and see how i would withstand the amount of emotion it's it's even deeper than emotion, isn't it? It's something else that can't be named entirely. Which it's this whole experience. Yeah. This whole experience, yeah. It's yeah. stormy. It's 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 a it's um it's kind of has a ferocious kind of beauty in it because it also um gives meaning to life itself. Yeah. And and I, I and I think that they went off to college immediately, got very involved in relationships. And thank God they had the structure of college. But my youngest was home with me, and he was looking at me like, "What happened? Daddy died. Uh, Tonio went to school. Luca's preparing to go to school. What's going on here? It's just you and me." I mean, he looked so disappointed. And how many we both were. And so I think that what I tried to do was stabilize the routines of our lives and keep them going, even the vacations. You know, just let's do what's familiar. Let's go on our boat 
we had a a a, a, a journey on our boat, which was which was you know painful with the absence of my husband, but also orienting. You know, let's go. You know, where 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 it's familiar and adventurous. Adventure was helpful to us to go places we had not been before. We did that. We went to Australia on a trip to visit my son in college. And that was good for us. New experiences that sort of were a little vaulted out of the ordinary. It's somehow walking in your grief while at the same time allowing meaningful and purposeful experiences in your life. And a a lot of people have a hard time finding that balance, but you kind of have to do both. Let's Talk Death is being brought to you by Heal Grief, a 501c3. As a nonprofit, we are reliant on the kind generosity of our donors. If you are inspired by our mission, we ask you to go to healgrief.org backslash donations to help us continue our great work. No gift is too small. So I read on your website um, that you started writing me down on paper. Can you dive a bit into that? Yeah. So what a privilege, you know, that unfortunately loss have, happen, happens to everybody. There's, it's not special, but it, it does feel enormously special when we're going through it. And I wanted to find a way... To, and I did this right in the beginning, even before I founded the Make Meaning Workshop, I was noticing so much miraculous uh, evidence of the miraculous around my husband's illness, and especially during the last stages of his life and then death. And there were miracles all over the place. Just And I would orient to love that I saw happening between people, like love streams between the way people were looking at him while he was dying. And instead of being sort of immensely sort of allergic to things that I was noticing that were so deeply personal and rough, I started to lean into them. And as I did that, I thought, I want to write this down. I don't want to forget this. But as a writer, I thought, I'm too overwhelmed to write pretty. So I'll just write me. I'll just be honest. I don't even have to write full sentences. I'll write phrases. And I called the book because I'm a writer. I wanted to give myself permission to not write well. Just take that off the table. Don't even think about that. Just write what you see. Write or write what you feel. Write you down. Write me down. I wrote it down in a book that I called Fragments. I still have it with me. I almost take it to the beginning of every workshop I do because it was evidence of so much testimony to so much love exchanged, love noticed, loss noticed. I mean, of course, you know, like I say, they go together, but I wanted I wanted a record of it. Beautiful. Beautiful. And now tell us about your Make Meaning Workshops. So to when my husband was very ill, I started doing some service uh, with the Bowery Mission in Manhattan. Uh, they're a mission that um, that attends to people who are homeless and looking for life transformation or just food or a meal, a meal, a shower and some care. And I started working at the women's program there leading writing groups. And I would read a poem, I would give them prompts, and the woman would start writing. And one of the things that they gave me was incredible honesty. 
They wrote themselves down. I would give them a prompt um, and what they shared, the depth of crisis each of them had gone through to find themselves in a shelter uh, is, uh, can't, you know, you can't underestimate what they've been through. Usually it's a loss, another um, a loss of job, loss of a partner, loss of a parent, loss of a home. And there are usually three or four crises that happen one after the other to, um, in, dur- during which time they find themselves homeless. And so their, their rawness helped me to feel comfortable with mine. Their vulnerability changed me energetically, made me feel comfortable, made me feel at home. Um, Their ability to explore their crisis on paper gave me permission to explore mine on paper. Hmm. They were surprised that I was going through what they'd been through, and I was tenderized by hearing about what they'd been through. So there was this beautiful exchange, and I thought, hmm, maybe there's a way to explore grief in a context like this with others who've been through the crisis of loss. And that's how Make Meaning Workshop was born. Wow, that's... We hear it all over and over again, but it is a, we'll step in to try to help others or save people or whatever. And then we find out at the same time, they're helping us, they're saving us. They're all, it's really an incredible when you, when you put yourself out there for other people, how much you get in return. I, I know it's a cliche, but it's a reality. <laughs> and when you live it and you experience it firsthand, it's, it's, um, overwhelming really is probably not it's that's an underwhelming word to even describe it i think oh, but you're right it, it was overwhelming and i would be so softened when i say tenderized like because you can have two responses to grief and loss and crisis as in their case especially and i could see this you could get very defensive about life tough it toughens you up i'm gonna be tough this i'm not gonna let this happen to me again like you really could but i'm gonna try and I'm going to be I'm going to be, you know, meet the world with this um, armor. And I could see where we could in the workshops, we would all melt the armor and, you know, be in this kind of vulnerable grace. And there was there was some, you know, beautiful exchange of vulnerability, like welcome to the human race. We we are our choice is to be to be made tenderer by life, not be rougher and tougher. I mean, where does it actually get us? But it's hard to do that. It's really hard because I remember also there would be women in the workshop and then in subsequent workshops. And and then I remember writing myself like, okay, this happened, no more. Nothing else can happen. I've lost my husband. I've lost my uh, mother. My, who I was very close to, I nothing else should happen, you know. Okay, stop it. Like as though that was even possible. I mean, I can only laugh at it right now, but I have a lot of mercy for myself because you just want to kind of, you know, shield yourself against the weather of life. You know, I always share. I always share when people ask me about the work that we do here. I always share that it's been a gift to me the work that I do. It has taught me to love more deeply, to forgive more quickly, 
and to be as present as possible in the moment you're in, because the next moment's not guaranteed. Absolutely. And you know what? That's one of the miracles that death teaches us. You know, in some ways, it gives us all a way to to deepen whatever we decide our faith is, whether our faith is just what you said, living more in the moment. That's where loss has so much to offer us, not just what it takes away. Yeah, you know, but what we receive. Yeah, what we receive. And there was one day where my husband was very ill. We went to the movies. He was barely eating. He was towards them, you know, within a month of him passing. And and I started to develop this high sensitivity, as we all do, to the person who's dying, what their needs are, what they want. You know, what are they feeling? What are they noticing? What can I do? And I remember him saying we were in the movies and he said, I'm in the mood for an ice cream sandwich, which was a very odd request. And we're in the movies, you know, they only popcorn and candy. So I said, I know. And I got up. I ran outside the movie theater. I went to this little five and dime store. I picked through the ice cream, brought it back to him. He took one bite. He went, eh, I don't want it. You know, he was going through chemo and everything. And I took it and I said to myself, that's this is kind of what like what nurses do. They have this great devotion. That's devotion. I was like, oh, that's devotion. And I liked myself better in a moment when I was otherwise like, oh, this is so hard. Oh, oh. I was like, oh, I could do something for him. Devotion is a great quality that we all have the capacity for, well, most of us. And when we notice that we're able to give it, it kind of built me back. I I want I always wanted to be I always wanted to notice that I was devoted. I see yeah. it in other people. I could notice in myself, give myself a little like, yeah, that's what a steward of love does. Hmm. Yeah, well, this this sense of self awareness that that happens to us. So, I am curious as to so how do people access your workshop? Is to tell us a little bit about how they can make that connection because I am curious how. How that happens. Sure. So you can go online and go to makemeaningworkshop.com and uh, read about my journey and the journey uh, that a person might take if they're taking the workshop, because it's especially not designed for writers. It's just designed for people who are um, interested in discovering more about their own capacity to to balance loss and crisis and grief um, and discover the details that are so uh, uh, there are there for us to notice. But if we don't um, necessarily have a, a context for noticing, we might we might not. Um, it's it's part of the practice of journaling, uh, grounding ourselves in the moment that we're in while we share uh, with others. You can also go to the Instagram, which is at Make Meaning Workshop which has a lot of, uh, um, I'm very proud of, of, of the work we do both uh, at our, at our site and also on our Instagram page. So Instagram page is a little more changes every single day. And then you can access workshops by signing up for our email, um, for our newsletter, or just put your email in there and we'll get back to you and let you know, uh, every time there's a workshop, there's one coming up on grief, loss, and healing in the holidays, which can be obviously so triggering. So yeah, that's how you do it. 
Awesome. Alexandra, we want to thank you so much for being a guest here at Let's Talk Death, for sharing the inspiration behind your work, the love for your husband, and and the way you saw love through through the tragedy of his death. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you would like to learn more about Heal Grief, visit us at HealGrief.org to find other conversations or to inquire about becoming a guest speaker, visit us at healgrief.org backslash let's talk death. And if you feel inspired to support us, remember, no gift is too small. Visit us at healgrief.org backslash donations, or you can donate right through our homepage. Well, that's it until next time on Let's Talk Death, where we normalize, educate, and demystify the taboo around death, dying, and the journey of grief.